It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of the space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. And it's the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And we are continuing the off-season roundtables. So I want to bring in somebody who has a very hectic schedule like me, so it's very difficult to find a time to do this, but I'm glad that I was able to. She's somebody that's a diehard Jets fan, also has a presence in media. Right now, full-time researcher over at CBS Sports, Kayla Pace. Kayla, thanks so much for coming on the roundtable. Hi, Scott. Thanks for having me on. So let's start with the most difficult question because it's going to be very hard for you to come up with an answer that isn't 100% negative, although if that's the direction you choose to go, feel free. Anything positive you can say about the Adam Gase era? Positive about the Adam Gase era? Um, I would say the best part of the whole thing was that for the first time in years, I got to watch every game next to my dad, but that doesn't really have to anything to do with Adam Gase. I just like <laughs> happened to be home and able to watch games with my dad. That's really the only part I enjoyed. Listen, when football gods give you lemons, you make lemonade. And so I'm glad that you were able to get something positive out of the Adam Gase experience. Like you said, not because of him, but hey, he was there at the time. So if we're going to say anything nice about him, that would be it. The new guy, Robert Sala. Huge contrast to Adam Gase personality-wise in terms of the way that he does things. We don't know exactly how this is going to turn out yet, obviously, because he's never been a head coach before. But just from watching the press conferences, from reading about him, from learning as much as you can about him so far, where are you at on the hire? So he wasn't on my radar, I don't think, going into this offseason. I was picturing, obviously, like the offensive revival that we really need, um, but I think that his energy and like his presence is so much stronger. Like I at no point was afraid that the press conference was going to turn into a meme, which was really refreshing. Um, And I think that what he brings to the table is like such a strong leadership role that I think like this is the first time that I've been waiting for like free agency in the draft thinking like we have two guys like Robert Sala and Joe Douglas who actually know what they're doing and like I'm not worried about the decisions they're going to make it makes me think that like I don't have to stress so much about it as a fan because I trust that they're going to make better decisions than we've seen in the very long past (laughs) do you feel the same way about Joe Douglas are you confident about him um, you know, I think that he his like his start has been good. I haven't seen anything like I mean, his trades have obviously been great. Like the Jamal Adams trade at the time, I was a little hurt by it. But now I see like the benefit of it and why it was such a good trade. Um, but I think that he's got now his head coach that's going to make the best use of the players that he picks. And now we can really make a judgment. But I do think like I have faith in them as a team, as a pair, like going into this season, we should be more optimistic as to what we're going to see and how it's going to play out. 
as far as what we're going to see and how it's going to play out, that's going to begin and end at the quarterback position. Right now, Sam Darnold in limbo. Nobody knows. Is he going to get traded? Is he not going to get traded? If he does get traded, where does he go? And then what will the Jets do if they end up trading Sam Darnold? But let's start with Darnold himself. What do you think? Should the Jets roll with Darnold or are you ready to move on? Okay, so... Going back to when Darnold was drafted, I didn't want him. I was like a Baker Mayfield diehard, and I still am. I love Baker. I love his, like, I think he has, like, a winning attitude, and, like, I respect that so much about him, love his underdog story. But um, so I was kind of disappointed with the way that draft played out. Uh, I didn't see Darnold as, like, the guy, but obviously as a Jets fan, you're rooting for him. You want him to be the guy. Um, I think Sam is a great dude. I think he has a lot of, like, really great qualities as a player. But I think that his time is up in New York. And I say that mostly because I want to see him be successful somewhere else. And like, I think his clock is ticking on his ability to revive his career. And um, I know you know this, the Jets fans are not the most forgiving bunch anyway. I think the deck is kind of stacked against him and maybe like a fresh start with a more established system could be the right move for Sam and ultimately for the Jets because we don't want, like, I think Sam making mistakes at this point is going to is gonna be more negative, like, there'll be more negative energy attracted to his mistakes now just because of all the negativity that's built up going into this point of his career. So there's only bad memories really associated with Sam Darnold right now for Jets fans and for the organization. And so I think it's time to let him go, have a fresh start. I wish him the best. I want him to be great. I'm not going to be bitter if he goes out and is better somewhere else. This just wasn't the match for him. And um, I mean, there's nobody that could have come here. Like if Baker Mayfield had come here like I wanted, he would have been bad too. This whole situation was setting up somebody for failure. And the Adam Gase hire cemented that. And I think it's time that Sam goes and does his own thing. And we start over fresh with like a new era that has no negativity attached to it. So if you're ready to move on from Sam Darnold, what do you think the Jets should do in his place? Should they draft somebody at number two? Would you trade down and grab a lesser quarterback, pick up extra picks to build around that guy? Or do you think the Jets should dabble in the trade market? Deshaun Watson is the one that everybody's talking about. Dak Prescott might possibly be available. There's whispers about guys like Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo. What do you think they should do if they move on from Darnold? So this is where... I don't think I have like a set plan of like, this has to happen for the Jets to be successful. Um, I am not married to any one idea. I think that if they traded for Deshaun Watson, I think that would be great. I mean, I would not be mad about it. Uh, Obviously you'd have to see what kind of haul they need because we can't just like pretend that getting Deshaun Watson will fix the whole team because it won't. Um, I think that this quarterback class this year in the draft, um, it's going to be kind of a crapshoot and not that it's ever not, But this one in particular, like there's a lot of quarterback talent. And I think like this is the year where you get a guy like a Dak Prescott, like a late round quarterback that ends up being like a starter. And there's so many people that it's going to be easy to like overlook, like take um, Jamie Newman, for instance. I mean, when he was at like if we if this was a year ago, if he hadn't opt out at Georgia, he would have been a top prospect. And now he's kind of like a forgotten background name. So I think that you're going to be able to get a solid starter like deeper in the draft. It's just going to be a matter of whether you hit on it or not. And I would like to think that Joe Douglas could be the guy that could figure that out and put that puzzle together. Um, But I mean, obviously, that's the riskier take. I will say that I'm not really convinced on the idea of taking a quarterback at two overall. Um, I just think that if we're going to take that pick and use it, it should be for Penny Sewell because I'm 
uh, I'm a, it all starts up front kind of person. Um, so I want to see the offensive line as solid as possible because right now the revolving door of one year contracts and not good players, um, is really just frustrating me. I missed a Brickishaw. Um, I think that there's so many different directions they could go and I wouldn't necessarily be mad about any of them. I mean, I won't even be mad if like they take like Justin Fields or Zach Wilson or whoever it too, but I don't think that like, that's the way that I would go. Um, Deshaun, if he wants to come to New York, sure, make it happen. But I'm thinking we need Joe Flacco to stay on the roster this year. I mean, I was more confident that we would win with when Joe Flacco was on the field this year anyway. Um, and he could, he could stick around. He could just be like a band-aid for a year, whatever it is. But this roster has such a long way to go before we're like the contenders that people want us to be. And I think fans get really caught up in the whole like, shiny new toy of like a top quarterback and um at the end of the day like okay the Texans picked their shiny new toy Deshaun Watson I'm like look what happened to them and like obviously that situation was just a disaster for a ton of reasons but like it's not going to be the band-aid that fixes everything I also think about like Andrew Luck and how the Colts literally had their guy he had the talent he had the ability they were so close to making like a legitimate Super Bowl run but the, his lack of offensive line early in his career crushed him and totally destroyed it. And I think that we need to address those things and be a little bit more practical about the the unsexy positions like offensive line um, instead of just thinking like quarterback, 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 because it'll come and the right guy will fit in a good system that's been built up. Let's talk about those unsexy positions like offensive line because I agree and I think a lot of people do that while they're not as flashy, they're extremely important. And we saw the Jets make a major investment at left tackle in the draft last year. Mekhi Becton, now he was banged up, but when he did play, he was outstanding. Looks like if he can stay healthy, he's going to be one of the cornerstones of this team for a long time to come. And now you head into free agency where Joe Tooney will probably be available. Last year, the Patriots used the franchise tag on him. The Jets had planned to target him and they had to go in another direction once Tooney was tagged. This year, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So he could be target number one. There's some other really good interior offensive linemen that are going to be available. Before we get to the draft, I want to focus on what you think they should do in free agency. I'm assuming you're going to say target offensive linemen like Joe Tooney. But what else do you think the Jets need to do to improve the team in free agency? Yeah, um, I would say that a wide receiver would be my first thought because with all the, even though we're like pretty stocked up for the next two drafts, I mean, there's just so much else that we need. And like, that can really be kind of a plug and play position where like you don't necessarily need a a number one, a traditional number one. Um, and I think that like signing somebody off, uh, in free agency off the market would probably be, be like the quickest fix and the best bet, um, for them. But even last year, like I know the wide receiver was by no means our strong suit, but like there was guys who could make plays and make good catches. I mean, that wasn't necessarily an issue of like, nobody could catch it. Um, so I think that adding some piece like that would be good. Um, I've been seeing stuff on Twitter about possibly targeting Richard Sherman and I like the idea, but if they give another huge contract to an aging corner, I might cry. Um, It's just the mistake has been repeated so often. I like, don't really want to see that. (laughs) Um, I think, but yeah, it all comes back to me, like the offensive line. I want to see them try to build that up as much as they can. And like, 
if they get guys that they really feel are like the guys that'll be around long-term and be like cornerstones for the franchise, then like, great. Maybe we don't need to draft Sewell. Maybe, maybe we can focus our energy elsewhere in the draft. Like there's just, it's hard to pinpoint these like exact positions when there's the whole team kind of needs an overhaul. And like, not to say there's no good players. There are, there's plenty of them, but I mean, I think Jets fans can agree that, I mean, there's so many spots that need to be addressed that it's like, there's no one way to do this. This is a giant puzzle and it's going to come down to what thinking like Joe Douglas, because what I want to happen, it doesn't really matter. You have to think like a GM. And I think that he'll go offensive line first. What about internally? Marcus May is a free agent, Brian Poole. Who would you like to see the Jets bring back and who are some of the guys that you would say, eh, it's okay, they can go somewhere else? Yeah, um, I would say I'd like to see Marcus May back. Um, he's I, I've always liked him. I think he's great. Uh, I could see them keeping like Neville Hewitt. Uh, I like him. I think he's played well. Um, I mean, I'm not super attached to a lot of the guys on this roster. I'll be honest. I don't have anything against a lot of them, but there's just, I, there's little that I saw, I think that would warrant like, we better chase this guy down. Um, and I think that it's, it's gotta be a new era and um, whatever solid decides I'm cool with. When you have a team that goes two and 14 and is picking number two overall in the draft Typically, it's because they have a lot of mediocre to bad players on the roster, so I can totally understand why you wouldn't be so attached to most of the guys that are already here. Marcus May, the one that's the most popular in terms of bringing back some rumors that he might come back on the franchise tag, so we'll see how that shakes out. But on top of free agency, the Jets are going to have a huge opportunity in the draft because as you said they're well stocked not just this year but next year and so whether this means they can parlay some picks for trade or they end up just using their capital to get a lot of high level players that's a possibility too they pick number two and number 23 in the first round then they've got the second round pick then two picks in the third and they may get extra picks in exchange for Sam Darnold if a trade happens. So talk to me about what you'd like them to do in the draft. Any specific players, any specific positions you'd like to see them attack? Yeah. Um, so I think that, like I said, if we're taking a pick at two, I want it to be Penny Sewell. Um, if they don't feel like they need that, then I would say trade the second pick down and try to stock up because I think this draft class is pretty top heavy in terms of skill players. Um, I'd really like to see us draft a corner. Um, maybe it's because I'm a South Carolina Gamecock, but <laughs> I wouldn't be mad about JC Horn or mm. Izzy Mukwamu. Um, those guys are awesome and I got to see them play. And I think that'd be so cool to see them in New York. Maybe Najee Harris. I, there's so much, there's just so much that needs to be filled. Maybe like an edge player as well. Like that would be nice. Maybe like, um, Gregory Rosso or like, uh, Roche, those guys from Miami, those they're pretty good. I watch a lot of college football. That's uh, my job. So um, it's like I, the NFL draft is my favorite time of year uh, because I just love seeing those college guys like and how they pan out in the NFL. They're going to have to go one way or the other, though, where they either target uh, offensive linemen in free agency or the draft and then kind of like kind of the same thing with a wide receiver. Like if they don't get someone in free agency, it has to be somebody in the draft. Um, and I think that like predicting the Jets draft plan at this point before they've done anything in free agency is like really, really difficult to do because I think it's all so interdependent on each other. And like, 
there's so many good teams that are like, okay, maybe we can patch up like two holes or three holes. And it's like, no, we have to patch up like 20 holes. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that um, definitely cornerback because it's kind of long overdue that we're like really taking a, an early round um, cornerback. But um, I'd like to see the uh, offense start to build because right now there's just not much there. Uh, and I think that Sala and some of the guy, like with Sala as the head coach and with some of the guys we already have on defense, he's going to be able to make that unit a lot stronger because if uh, Greg Williams could coach a mostly similar unit to like fifth in the NFL or whatever it was in rush defense last year, then like, I think that Sala is going to do a great job fortifying that on his own. And I'm honestly, I'm open to what they want to pick. Really. That's what it comes down to at the end of the day. I really do trust the, the team at the helm, the front office seems to be in a great place, and I'm excited to see what they do. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Kayla, anybody that listens to this show knows that I have a huge affinity for J.C. Horn. In fact, that's the guy that I would love to see them get at number 23. I'm hoping that he falls to them there. And since you are a South Carolina grad and somebody that watched all of J.C. Horn's games, talk a little bit about what makes him such an intriguing prospect. Yeah, it's crazy because J.C. Horn was kind of under the radar for a bit because he wasn't putting up the big interception numbers, but his like his physicality and his frame and like I know. So this is might be a tiny bit off topic, but Will Muschamp, I know his recruiting pitch to these guys what, um, when he was the coach there uh, was, hey, you're going to get highlights against Georgia. You're going to get highlights against Alabama and you can use those to get to the NFL and J.C. Horn was one of those guys that took that and ran with it. He showed up in the big moments, and obviously that's something that the Jets need. I just think that he would fit in really well, too. He's um he's a good guy, and I think that green and white would be his colors. I hope so. I would love to see that personally. I'm not sure how I feel, though, about somebody else that's going to be back around the Jets, and that's Woody Johnson. He comes home, and now he's going to take back over from his brother Christopher, who held down the fort when he was gone. Now, we know the Jets were really, really bad when Woody was gone and Christopher was in control. Christopher also the one who was in charge of hiring the head coach after Todd Bowles was gone, and we know how that went. So however you feel about Christopher Johnson, things didn't go well while he was here. With Woody, it was a bit of a mixed bag. There were years where this team was good early on after he bought the team, and then there was that period from 2010 on where things took a bit of a nosedive. What are your thoughts on Woody coming back? Do you have any strong feelings one way or another? In terms of like how his presence is going to affect like this process and how like they're rebuilding the team. I'm just kind of indifferent to his presence at this point. I mean, like, I don't think that Woody Johnson's like being around the team again is really going to stop Sala and Douglas from building a team that like we'd all be proud of. And like, we all would be excited to cheer for Woody Johnson as a guy. Eh, I could do without him. <laughs> <laughs> okay that's one way of putting it i suppose last question kella when we have this conversation again next year how happy do you think you're going to be are you going to be talking to me with a big smile on your face or are you going to be disappointed based on what they end up doing here what do you think hmm, that's a that's a good question um i think that in my head what i'm envisioning is this year we see improvement next year we're gearing up for a playoff run 
And maybe that's a little hot takey, but I think that's what I'm expecting. And um, I mean, Robert Salas turned teams around pretty quickly from the defensive side. So we just got to hope that this offense comes together. And I think that the future looks pretty bright. So I'm hoping that this time next year, we're looking at more finishing pieces instead of building pieces. And I know this is optimistic, especially having watched the Jets for my whole life, but um, <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm going to run with that for now. And when we draft JC Horn, I'm going to break my Jets Jersey band because, you know, I have like Darnold and, and Jamal Adams in my closet. So it's like, <laughs> I told myself no more, but if we're drafting a Gamecock, I'm getting the Horn Jersey and maybe we could match. I like it. If he gets drafted by the Jets, we'll both get J.C. Horn jerseys. And by the way, that's exactly why I have a policy. I only buy Jets jerseys of players who have had their jerseys retired because I'm nervous that if I buy an active player, something's going to go wrong. Even with Darrell Revis, as good as he was, I'm glad I didn't buy that jersey because of everything that happened after that. So the only jersey I own right now is Curtis Martin, and I'm good with that for the time being. We'll see if some of the guys that they get in free agency or in the draft end up being future players that I can go out and get a jersey of without breaking that particular rule. Kayla Pace, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. It was a blast talking to you about the offseason. You can catch her work as a researcher at CBS Sports. For anybody that wants to talk to you about the Jets or anything else, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter um, at KP underscore on underscore TV for my uh, reporting days. But yeah, I'm on Twitter, always talking about the Jets. Uh, you want to dig and find some uh, fun Adam Gase tweets, they're there. <laughs> I think we all have a lot of fun Adam Gase tweets at this point, and I'm glad that we don't have to tweet about him anymore. It's over. Goodbye, Adam Gase. He's out of our lives, <laughs> so we don't have to worry about angry game day tweets about him anymore. But make sure that you're following Kayla on Twitter and checking out her work as a researcher for CBS Sports. As she said, she works a lot of college football games, so she may be the one behind a lot of the stats that you hear on on television when you're watching these games so keep that in the back of your mind when you're watching a college football game on cbs sports if you haven't given us a five-star review on itunes yet if you could go ahead and do that for us really appreciate it easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you could go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcasts you know where to go that's turn on the jets digital and turn on the jets.com